Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Make the Jump here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. Now, you heard me not that long ago talking to Mr. James Brown this past Thursday night coming out of the Last Jedi screening, James's second screening at O'Neill Cinemas at Brickyard Square in Epping, New Hampshire. Well, guess what? Sitting across from me right now on the other side of New Hampshire is Mr. Jim Roberts of the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network as well. One of my good friends, Jim, you've had a second viewing now. Now it's your turn. What's up with The Last Jedi going on here? The Force has awoken, I guess we could say. (laughs) Yeah, I I walked out of this movie. um, It was my wife and son watching it with me again. And uh, I was just floored by it. There was a lot that I missed coming out of the the first screening. And I think that just has something with the expectations that we all go into the movie with. And anytime there's a new Star Wars movie, I think we build it up quite a bit. And it's impossible for the movie to, to meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. And, and coming out of this, the second viewing, I the same thing happened with Force Awakens. I really enjoyed it, but there was almost a letdown. And then the very next day I saw it again, and, and it, was just, uh, it, it was just an eye-opener. I loved it. The Last Jedi, I walked out of there. This is a very different Star Wars movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And then in a lot of ways, it's kind of a combination of the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi all mashed into one and you could say that counts for 50% of the movie and the other 50% of the movie is just new and it's stuff we haven't seen before it's a it's a very different movie but it was it was my Force Awakens experience I'd say times a hundred where I saw that first screening and I was I, I almost didn't know how to process it and then yeah. I came out and unfortunately it was this uh, series of events that didn't allow me to get to the theater the next day like I had hoped it's been a couple of weeks now I finally got in to see that second screening and just like I said times a hundred I, I love this movie and something I never thought I would actually be able to say but I'm an original trilogy nerd uh, that's what I hold closest to my heart when it comes to Star Wars mm-hmm. I have to say this has cracked the top three this has uh, wow. dethroned one of the original trilogy movies and I never thought I'd say that this is ahead of Return of the Jedi in, in my mind Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope are kind of 1A and 1B they're very very close and I, I don't think we'll ever touch that and that's just, there's a lot of nostalgia there and there's a lot of other reasons behind that but this is right there this was just such a complete movie with so many layers and very intricate and probably more character driven that we've ever seen mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe and it was a it was a huge payoff uh, I'm just so happy with what they did with this. There's a lot that happens with The Last Jedi that I think, and I've said it on countless occasions, and I'll say it again on this episode, Jim, and I know that you can attest to this as well. It takes a couple viewings to really understand this film. It's not a movie that you go and you watch and you know everything after that first viewing. It was the same way with James when I spoke to him. It was like, yeah, you know what? That second viewing opens up your mind to new things. Jim, still for me, the scene where Holdo puts the ship right through Snoke's his flagship and goes straight through hyperdrive right into it, I think that that scene for me still rings very true, no matter where the emotions are um, leading up to that point. I don't know. What is that scene like for you? Because before we get into the Luke Skywalker stuff, which is like the meat of this film, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on kind of the lead up to that and some of the story progressions that we see happen. Yeah, well, I mean, for that that scene that you are talking about is phenomenal. Um, and on a side note, I don't know if you've seen this or anybody else, but there was, a, a, I guess, a few theaters out there actually posted warnings, essentially, mm-hmm. saying there's nothing wrong with our sound system. If sound goes out during this movie, it's part of the movie <laughs> because <laughs> it is perfectly silent. And I found that really funny that, you know, could somebody... 
my first viewing, I didn't question it. I understood what they were doing. And I'm just like, wow, some people would sit here and watch this and not understand that it's <laughs> to have no sound. But okay. Um, so aside, yeah, I agree. And um, that, was, that was a great scene. And, uh, you know, you, we come out of these movies being so nitpicky. And it's, I don't, I don't think it's just Star Wars fans. I think any major fan base, we're going to nitpick at these little details. And, and I sure. was doing it after the first screening and being like, hey, why didn't they ever do this before? And why wouldn't they just jump a cruiser through the heart of the Death Star to you know, get it all over with and not bother with Endor or something like that? But at the same time, you almost, to use a phrase uh, from Yoda, I believe, you, know, you have to unlearn what you have learned. And you kind of have to let some of that take a back seat and just enjoy the storytelling because this movie is one hell of a storm. And if you kind of relax and I guess become one with the force, you know, find your center uh, and just you're, you're gonna enjoy it and not worry about all of the little things that you can pick at. Cause there is something like that in every single star Wars movie. You tell me your favorite star Wars movie and I will give you five things that they probably shouldn't have done. None of mm -hmm. them are perfect, none of them ever will be, but this one does probably the best job of storytelling from beginning to end. I, I just went off on a tangent, so I think I completely missed your question. Because <laughs> you were talking about that, you know, and that, that just distracts me. It's awesome. No, you're actually answered that perfectly because leading up to that scene, I felt that it was traditionally the Star Wars that we always remember. It was a lot of the character building. It was a lot of the similar kind of stories. It really picked up on The Force Awakens beautifully when Finn said, where's Rey? And we go straight to Octu. I did not expect that the first time around. However, the second upon second viewing, I don't know how it was for you, Jim, I started to understand that the transitions more and more. There was obviously the where's Han from Luke, and then we see Kylo Ren. They were very artistically put into the film, and I felt like they went not only away from what we traditionally know from Star Wars, but were able to do it in a way that as fans we can go, huh, that's a, ni that's a nice little twist. I like how Ryan Johnson was able to use his unique style to, to give us something different in this universe. Yeah, and interestingly enough, with a lot of the negativity from some of the fan base when this movie first came out and probably continuing, I've started to kind of tune them out. I, I went on and I was like, boy, Empire is widely considered the best Star Wars movie. I wonder how that was received. My thought was that was a much different movie than A New Hope. A lot more complexity to it. There was a lot more story there. There was a lot more character building. And man, does that mirror The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi? When you think about yeah. it, there are so many parallels between how different the first two movies of these two trilogies are. And so I kind of looked back, and there happened to be a few articles out there already talking about what the reception was for Empire. And I didn't find any fantastically written one, but one of them was talking about how Empire jumped between scenes so much. And kind of uh, akin to what you were just discussing, where Ryan Johnson did it in a way where he almost interconnected everything on a different level. Mm -hmm. um, there was actually one review that I was reading from back in the early 80s, or you know, 80, that was talking about they would have rather had you be on Dagobah and see Luke finish his training from beginning to end and not jump back and forth huh. uh, so many times. And it was weird to read that in somebody critiquing Empire in that, uh, in that way and then see how they did it with The Last Jedi. So yeah, I, I agree with what you're bringing up there. It was well-constructed. 
very well done and, and all tied together very nicely with the way they jumped and segued using those connections. Yeah, and I think that that's the direction that Lucasfilm really wants to go with these films, especially the the saga films, this new saga that they're really trying to touch upon with these new characters is they're trying to bring a different approach, one that's more modern, but at the same time still queuing into those original trilogy fans and queuing into the hardcore Star Wars fans who like their Star Wars a certain way. You know, there, there is a fine line that has to be walked when it comes to the fandom. And, and Lucasfilm and Disney have done such a great job of finding that balance and saying, you know what, we're going to push it just a little bit further and we're going to test your fandom just a little bit and see how you are able to react to that. And that's what's absolutely fantastic about The Last Jedi. And the second viewing does so much for that. Now, Jim, not only along those lines, but some of these other characters. And I have my feelings about Canto Bite even after two viewings. What is your take on Canto Bite? It is uh, on the first viewing. I couldn't put my finger on it exactly, but I didn't really care for it that much. Mm -hmm. Something felt out of place there. Came down to saying... Uh, when all was said done, driving home from the theater that night, I felt it was a little too prequel-esque. I understand for some people that's a good thing. For me, it's not so much. So that's, and after second viewing, I don't care. That's the way to put it. I, I really, I like, Finn. I like the character of Finn a lot. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that part. DJ, uh, I liked a lot more my second viewing through. The first time through, I could kind of take or leave him. He didn't, in really grow on me and now he did i really like that character and much like you guys were talking at krypton comics a week ago i too hope that he somehow shows up in the next movie because i think there's more that could be done with him canto bite scene overall strangely enough i actually like the chase scene i don't know why it's not something that i would think oh. i would like traditionally i i don't mind it but something overall about that whole sequence i mean i'm sorry the parking ticket is what gets him thrown uh, in jail. Yeah. i'm like come on there's so else going on in that movie that this segment with Canto Bite, I just I, I guess the, the don't care part is where it comes down to is is it the way that I would have wanted it? No because overall it's almost useless to the, the great storyline of this movie at the end of the day it doesn't detract from my de uh, enjoyment of the movie and that's why I say I guess when it comes down to it I don't care as much that's not a good thing to say that about a, a good chunk of this movie but uh it doesn't detract from what i think this movie is my whole hy hypothesis and my whole feeling about canto bite and i don't remember if i said this at krypton but i mentioned it to james last night quickly be curious to hear your thoughts on this jim but canto bite for me specifically even after a second viewing and i'm on i'm in your boat on this one canto bite just doesn't do it for me it, it was just it was used as a, as a device i think because not only was the beginning of the film pretty dark, but the end of this film was very dark. So I feel like Lucasfilm and Disney said, you know what, we got to put something in the middle of this film for, for the kids. We have to, you know, this is still Disney. This is still Star Wars for them as well. So I have a feeling Canto Bite moving along that very Harry Potter-ish type feel to it. You know, I, that entire casino scene, I was like, ah, this, is, this has this kind of magical... Um, very similar to Harry Potter type feel for me. Where's Dobby the Elf, right? He's he's cleaning yes. something in the casino. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I feel like that that was placed in there because probably Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger said, "You know what, Ryan? The ending of this film, Snoke is cut in half." Spoiler alert! And there's <laughs> a lot that happens at the beginning of this film. A lot of people die at the beginning. Let's put something a little bit more lighthearted in the film. 
get the kids, you know, back in the film and, and also give it a little bit of a magical twist. I don't know what your feelings on that particularly are, Jim, but I, I, there's just something about Canto Bite that doesn't hit it for me, but I'm sure for a younger audience probably would. Yeah, I think you're probably hitting the nail on that there. I haven't thought about it that way. I haven't been able to listen to the conversation you had with James quite yet. And I think the more I think about that, yeah, that's probably hitting the nail on the head. It is something to brighten up what is otherwise a fairly dark movie. Something, did they really have that in Empire when we think about that? I don't think they really did. Empire is a pretty dark movie from beginning to end. And you think about the way Empire is structured. We have the beginning scene on Hoth, but then we jump pretty much between Dagobah and Bespin. I know Mm -hmm. I'm skipping over some other small scenes in that. For the most part, that's it. Now we have Octu and we have the chase scene with uh, Snoke's ship going after and we're jumping back and forth. That that is very similar in Empire because we have a master with a student and then another segment which has some conflict in it. They just threw this Canto Bite scene in between to make it not so dark. I completely buy that. I I think you're onto something there. And if you don't mind, it kind of segues into something one observation about this movie that i was thinking about last uh, over the past week or so sure. and then coming out of this movie i still think this and i'm actually a disney fan my wife son and i we go down to disney we love it we can't wait for the star wars uh galaxy's edge uh land and hollywood studios to open mm-hmm. we were happy when disney bought lucasfilm we had no problem with that we felt that this was going to be a great direction for a franchise that we loved it merged two things that we like a lot coming out of here i think i have my first reservation of the direction of star wars with disney being involved and what that is is we know disney does a fantastic job with marvel movies Mm -hmm. just churns out the cash at the theater for for the love of God, I don't know how they made Ant-Man into an enjoyable movie, but that's a good movie. And if they can make that into a good movie that I would watch again, they can make any Marvel movie. And Marvel movies have a way of not taking themselves too seriously and working in this certain sense of humor. And The Last Jedi is the most humorous of all of the movies, while at the same time telling maybe the most complex story. Mm-hmm. At times, I think there's too much humor in here, and that humor mm-hmm. that I is misplaced feels like they're taking part of the Marvel formula and they're doing the Marvelization of Star Wars. And I don't want that. If I want to see a Marvel movie, I'll go watch Guardians of the Galaxy. If I want to see Star Wars, I want to watch Star Wars. I don't want any of that formula of certain comedic cues and that kind of stuff working its way to the Star Wars universe. This movie was great. There were just a few times where I was like, that doesn't quite... I don't want to be snapped out of it. You're telling me a great story. Don't pull me out of the story for a cheap laugh. And I think you can do that easier in a superhero Marvel movie than you can in this galactic soap opera, essentially, that is Star Wars. So that's one thing. that That's my reservation now. We, we're not going to have Ryan Johnson with Episode Nine, right? We're going to have J.J. J. J. Abrams again. Correct. We didn't, we had humor in The Force Awakens, but it wasn't the type that we had in The Last Jedi. So I'm thinking we're not going to have that. I'm kind of hoping that they kind of strike a balance because I liked a lot of the humor. Luke walking out of this dust storm on crate after he's <laughs> supposedly blown away and he dusts off his shoulder. Come on, that's great. There's When, when Ray cuts the, um, the rock and it you know, breaks the wheelbarrow of the caretakers down there, I'm like, come on, what are we doing here? This, this almost feels like Muppets territory here. Yeah. So 
uh, I was just a little, that's still, it, it's funny, but it takes me out of what yeah. I'm watching. I, I can't blame you whatsoever. There, there are some things, and even for me, Jim, the beginning of the film when we see Poe lining up with, the, with, with Hux's ship and he starts saying, holding for Hux, holding for Hux. I, I'm, 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 I'm still a little bit reserved about that to lead off a film. I, I kind of wish I saw that a little bit later in the film um, mm. when we were coming off of a darker moment rather than straight away. Again, I think that's the kid appeal. I think that that's, that's a little bit of that Marvel tone that you're talking about that Disney and Lucasfilm are now trying to run with because it's been so successful with what Kevin Feige has done and, and what Marvel has been able to do. So I think that you've got a really good point going there. I'm going to be fascinated going forward. Like you said, J.J. Abrams, we see it on the screen right at the end. Executive producer, J.J. Abrams. He had involvement in this film. Does he carry that same humorous tone into episode nine or does he scale it back? And he says, I'm going to do what The Force Awakens did, put it in little bits and pieces here. But still, we got a lot to tell with these characters' stories. One in particular, Mr. Luke Skywalker there, Jim. Now... I was a little bit worried coming out of that first viewing. I, I said, uh-oh. Oh, boy, Mr. Jim Roberts, uh-oh. How's he, <laughs> he going to feel about this one now that you've had two viewings? What's your thoughts on Luke Skywalker and how he was used in this film? Well, just like you were saying, you did not make it a secret that I did not want to lose Luke Skywalker in this movie. I knew that if we lost him, most likely we would see him as a Force ghost in Episode Nine, and I'm still very much hoping I will be, uh, frankly, rather ticked off if we do not get some Luke Skywalker as a Force ghost in Episode Nine. But I also really wanted hit to lose him that way in Nine, maybe early on mm-hmm. in Nine, and not in this movie. And I think looking back on it, it was just really selfish disappointment that maybe I was a little disappointed with that after the first viewing. Because when we look at, he's one of the, what he is my favorite character in any story of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to, to see that type of character die. Looking back at it, even before the second viewing, I came to peace with it because I thought about how it was done, how it was told, and how he went out. He went out in a way fitting for the greatest character in my mind. He went out with, he wasn't killed by a villain. And the more I think about it, seeing him die on screen at the hands of a Sith or whatever Kylo Ren is, that's not the Luke Skywalker should go out. Mm. He went out realizing that he had done something wrong. He was that he again realized his faults even differently. He was on Octu because he was realizing his faults, but he went way to the extreme. And Yoda pretty much helped snap him out of it and show him that even the way that he was realizing his faults was stupid and he should snap out of it. And he came to that realization and he did what Luke Skywalker... Luke Skywalker never did anything 100% perfect. He, he would fail at times. Empire, he fails. Mm-hmm. We see that, that he's not a perfect hero. He realized what his mistakes were. He realized what happened between him and Kylo Ren. He came to grips with it. He faced Ben Solo and he did it to save his friends and family. There's mm-hmm. people saying that this movie ruined Luke Skywalker for them. If this movie ruined Luke Skywalker for you, you never really knew Luke Skywalker because this was a hundred percent Luke Skywalker. He always had faults. He's either been a whiny farm boy, a whiny guy in the middle of a swamp. And then in Jedi, okay, he, he he's kind of a bad person in Jedi, right? But he still has his faults. He still screws things up. He's not perfect. And he continues that arc. And I think they added so much more 
to the legend of Luke Skywalker in one part of this movie, but also they build the person that was Luke Skywalker. And then sending him out in that manner, watching the twin sunset, mm. I don't think there's a more fitting finale for one of the most iconic characters in, in movie history. I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm sad to see him go. Mark Hamill knocked it out of the park with this movie. He was phenomenal, in my opinion, as to how good he was throughout this movie. He stole everything that he was involved in in this movie. I do hope he's back in Force Ghost form. I, I hope he's um, just as kind of sounds funny talking about the complaint I just had about Marvel, but that same wry sense of humor comes through. He mm -hmm. was almost Yoda-esque, and I liked that. He was really a combination of his two Jedi Masters. He was He's a combination of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda in so much of this movie, and I love that. And I think they did Luke Skywalker well by this movie. They did him right by this movie. So I can't be disappointed anymore about losing him because of the way I've realized that the way they've done it, I don't think they could have done that any better. Even through the second viewing, through a third viewing, and even now through a fourth viewing for myself, it's still the Yoda and Luke scene with the burning tree. That scene alone still gets me choked up because I know the significance of what's happening in that moment. That is Yoda telling Luke that th these failures are meant to be. We learn our greatest lessons from these failures. There's going to be a time where, much like myself, you feel like you failed enough and you therefore have to give yourself to the Force because that's the only way that the the next person in that step is going to be able to become successful and become who they were truly meant to be. And I have to say that about Kylo Ren a little bit, is that that line where he says, let the past die, it's the only true way to become who you were truly meant to be. That line actually rings true to what Luke Skywalker is going through. He does have to let the past die for himself. He does have to let those things, just let them go, the failures and everything. And that's who he becomes who he's supposed to be. That's the whole thing for me, Jim. I don't know how you feel about this, but even if it's Kylo Ren, if it's Rey, if it's Yoda, if it's Luke, there's this universal message of the Force that kind of outlines this film, and it's beautiful in so many different ways. I agree. Uh, man, you, you touched upon Kylo Ren there for a second, and even him, they've added so much to his character. I look at him now, and... I'm just thinking to myself, God, he's not Darth Vader. Everybody that talks mm. about The Force Awakens and says that they're treading on ground we've already gone over, other people or maybe the same people have a problem with the direction of this next movie that we've had. They, I don't know how you can look at somebody like Kylo Ren and say they haven't, they've absolutely delivered a yes. great villain in the Star Wars universe in something we haven't seen. This isn't the Emperor who was really in the original trilogy. He, there wasn't a lot of sides to the Emperor. He was just evil. Right. And, you know, there wasn't, there, there's nothing with it. Unless you watch Robot Chicken and then you kind of get a sense of what you probably really like. Besides that, you get Darth Vader and they made Darth Vader more complex as the original trilogy went on because yeah. that's how the storyline had to evolve. And Darth Maul, there's not a lot of complexity there in the, right. in the prequels. I mean, hey, there's not even a lot of screen time. But when we look at Kylo Ren and how deep they've made this villain, I'm fascinated by it. I did not, that that first screening, I didn't know what's going to happen in that throne room. At one point, mm. I'm thinking Kylo, that, that Ben Solo's turned, and he's not. But there's other times in the movie, he has a chance to take, his, uh, take uh, Leia out. He doesn't. There's so much going on in that movie with, with Ben Solo, with Kylo Ren. And it was 
great to see how it unfolded. And I have no idea where it's going to go from here. I'm assuming he's just, he's going to go down in flames in the last one. I don't think he's going to be redeemed. I actually hope he's not redeemed. I want him to just mm. go down as the emperor went down. He yeah. was evil. And that's the way he ended. There is no redemption for every single great villain that, that is this story revolves around. To your point, the, the way that this movie takes issue with the Force and, and really gives it more depth, probably more than any movie has before, I think goes into a little bit more of the lore of the Force. And I, I know we could argue that maybe the Phantom Menace talking about Metachlorians and all those lovely things maybe <laughs> gave more lore to the Force, but most of us just like to ignore that. So I'm going to go forward right. with saying that this movie added more to what the Force is and tries to explain it and talks more about balance in mm. a tangible way than any of the other movies do. I could totally see myself being Ray reaching out and then Luke with the palm leaf, like playing with my hand and then saying, that's the force. And then whacking <laughs> my hand and telling me that's, you know, that that's completely wrong at the same time. That's the Yoda style of Luke that I like to see. And I, and I think yes. you, you touched upon it earlier. That scene for me was so huge for that character because that is Luke Skywalker. That is where he is at this point. And even though, he gives himself up to the Force in that final act at the end of this film. It doesn't matter how many screenings. I don't care if I'm going to be watching this on Blu-ray, if I'm going to be in the back of my car heading out on a vacation, or if I'm going to be on an airplane taking off for somewhere else. When I watch that scene at the end where Luke gives himself away to the Force in that final act, it doesn't matter where I'm going to be. I'm still going to feel the same emotions. And that's always going to be iconic for me for this film is that this is the film where Luke gives himself to the Force. And going forward, you know what? No matter what people say online, Jim, and I'm sure you feel the same way about this, it doesn't matter because I'm going to have my thoughts about it. We're going to have our thoughts about that, that, that point in that movie. And it's going to be pretty iconic to The Last Jedi. I hope that over time, the negativity that some people feel towards this movie dissipates. We don't, we'll have, that remains to be seen whether that's going to happen. I think everybody needs to, like I said, take a deep breath and realize that Star Wars fans, if you care about this franchise, I don't think that you can go into one of these movies and come out and not feel a little bit of disappointment or a little bit of a letdown. That's something I realized when coming out of The Last Jedi. I'm like, man, this is the way I felt after The Force Awakens. I got to see this movie again. It takes us two viewings because we all build these movies up to be mm. what we hope this next film will be. We, there's things we, James Brown had a fantastic theory uh, that we talked uh, one of the last times we were all together at Krypton Comics about where Snoke came from mm. and, and what his background could be. And it was great. I would have loved to have seen that in the movie. It was a fantastic idea. You latch on to something like this. You look forward to these movies for two years between saga movies. And then you don't get that. And you get something completely different. So it's only natural to walk out of that theater being a little bit perplexed or let down. Mm -hmm. But you, you need to relax and then look at it as, okay, I'm going to go in the second time and have this fresh slate and just really take the movie in in the manner that they meant it to be portrayed rather than me hoping to see all of these different storylines or tangents that I was hoping for. And it's weird. I just think we set ourselves up with every movie to yeah. be disappointed. And that's something we got to come to grips with. And hopefully as people see this movie again, and the ones who say that it's they're they're done with Star Wars, 
Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry. You know, it, it sucks that it had that kind of impact on you, but eh, give it another shot down the road. Maybe you'll like it better because there's a heck of a lot more positive here than not for sure. So yeah, it's, I hope that people kind of reconsider their view. The ones that have been disappointed on it, give it another shot and look at it and maybe having that cleansed palate of been a little bit let down the first viewing that it didn't go the way they had hoped kind of subsides and they go through with it and they come out on the other side feeling a lot more positive about it. And that's the whole message here at the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network is, is unity is community and positivity reigns over all. Like Jim said, please make sure you go to the theater. Give this thing a couple of viewings. If you weren't so sure about it the first time, it is going to take a couple to really understand it. And if you don't like it after that, that's fine. That's your opinion. That's your thoughts. Just don't go online and start spreading them around like wildfire because sometimes other, there are other people out there that have their thoughts on this too. And we have to respect each other as a community that we are going to come out of this film with different perspectives, some positive, some negative. But the whole line is positivity is what drives the conversation forward. So I think that's beautifully said, Jim. Bravo. That's your mic drop on this episode. All right. <laughs> Time to wrap it up here. And you know how we like to wrap up all these episodes. It's a little thing we like to call plug time. Ah, beautiful. Mr. Jim Roberts, where can the good people find you across social media? On Twitter, at Red5Jim, and also on our YouTube channel. You can search for Musings from the Dark Side. There are two episodes up there. Probably won't get a third episode until the late first quarter of 2018 due to my schedule coming up, but I hope to get one out there soon and uh, have more content coming out on YouTube sometime uh, as 2018 rolls on. Awesome. Great stuff. Please make sure to check out Musings of the Dark Side. I still go to the Porkins one, if I not only if I need a good laugh, <laughs> just to get some, some content background, just to get me away from the negativity in the community sometimes, because I know good old Porkins is there, and he's really going through a rough time through his experiences. So make sure you guys head on over. Follow me on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Please make sure to head on over to Instagram. Follow me at the official vote. Also, please make sure to head on over to www.BrickCityBlockade.com for everything happening. Make Galaxy Fire Far Away. Head on over to iTunes. Make sure you hit that subscribe. And also make sure to rate the shows and the network. It's the new look BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network over there. Those ratings are what brings on the epic guests, what continues these conversations forwards, and also brings unity to the community. Jim, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts on The Last Jedi, my friend. Always an awesome discussion. Thanks, Robin. It was great. I appreciate you having me on. And as we always say here at the Podcast Network, may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>